Hey everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm Mike. And I'm Marty. And this is Two Guys, A League, and Some Guests. Let's get it started. just that kind of year but we'll get into cfhl eventually obviously we're in the show hello folks it's nice to be back i feel rested uh, to a to degree um but uh, as i said at the top there cuba not the greatest trip but again a bad day in cuba is better than a good day in minus i believe we had two snowstorms while i was gone so that's okay that's okay perhaps yeah perhaps. i was on the beach during those days so i i think i did all right I think I did it. Right. You, you, uh, you weren't you weren't doing too bad. Yeah. It's fair trade off. Let's put it that it way. It is. It is. Fair, yeah. fair. <laughs> I'll say this much though: when we got back, we hurried up to Costco and spent a thousand dollars on groceries. And oh, I'm not jo- not joking. Not joking. We had nothing left in the house, and we were looking forward to Costco. We came back home. You know we had lobster and crab for supper that night. I <laughs> I could I could just imagine you guys at Costco like after that week Gorged. and what you're telling me like like oh dude like <laughs> oh it, man. You know, you know how they how they say don't go do groceries on a mm. uh, like on an on an empty stomach. Exactly. Well, let, let's look at it this way: you guys didn't eat very well for like a week. A week. Costco, yeah. you guys went ate <laughs> yeah. shit. We emptied out Costco. There's no way that's possible, but still, we did pretty good. We had two carts, two full carts. <laughs> okay, you're doing all right. You're yeah, ahead of the okay. game. You're ahead of the game. I'm broke as shit now, but whatever. At least I got food in the house. <laughs> that's okay. That's okay. We'll get our we'll get our uh, our monies from uh, from THPN coming up yes, here soon. Obviously, yes, rolling excellent. In it. <laughs> All so right. let's jump right into it, big guy. Like I've missed you. Uh, you know, it's been a couple of too. around the boards. Check my fannies and beauties yeah. and the beast without you. So you know what, dude. Around the boards, it's all yours, Marty. Get us started, my friend. So I'm looking at Vegas uh, because, quite frankly, Vegas. I know that they've been at the top of the West basically all season long. Uh, they've been one of the top teams, and rightfully so. But I, I kind of feel like leading into the last stretch of the year, they've kind of been sort of banking on the fact that they've got a lot of talent on that team, and and they and they really really do. But one thing I felt that was kind of lacking, maybe throughout the years. Uh, throughout the years, <laughs> throughout the year, this year, um, there was always a lot of talk about Eichel just not performing and doing what he should do. And in fact, I even the golden three of like Marcheseau, Riley, and Nylander for them, they had droughts. Even Marcheseau at one point was actually injured. Um, so he was out for a little bit. So there was a lot of inconsistency there. They definitely had to deal with a lot of injuries this year. I feel maybe more so than uh, other years. Um, but ultimately, right now, what I'm seeing is a team that's starting to, if I can say this, if it makes sense, regel, come back together and play as a complete team. What helps, obviously, is the trade with uh, Jonathan Quick, who's actually gone in extremely impressive 5-1-0 with uh, maybe not as impressive in terms of numbers, 293 goals against and a 908 save percentage. But when you weigh that against his numbers uh, when he was uh, in L.A., I believe his numbers are somewhere north of 350 goals against. And definitely, I want to say like maybe 890, maybe 890. Sub 900. Yeah, sub 900 um, save percentage. So clearly, this has been a benefit to not just Quick, um, but the Vegas Golden Knights because they found themselves in a situation with Logan Thompson, who was having a Calder Trophy, uh, at least nomination type of season, uh, go out not just once but twice. He tried to come back. He came back for just, I believe it was just one game. Now he's out for a minimum three. I like this because it gives them the opportunity to let Thompson 
really settle back into making sure he's back at 100% before the playoffs. So the timing of all this couldn't be better because overall, the Knights, like I said, are playing great hockey lately. you got Eichel playing Eichel hockey. You've got Marcia so stepping up and playing really, really well. And again, this all comes at a time where they lost Stone, right? Where you're sort of wondering, like, is Eichel going to be able to do his thing? While he's not only been able to do his things with seven goals and eight assists in the last 14 games, but then you've got Smith, who I believe has got seven goals in his last four. 14, last 14 games as well. You got Pierre Tangelo, you got Smith. I think he's out though right now. Um, and a bunch of other pieces that are playing very, very well. There's one player I don't want to get too deep into, uh, one of their rookies. And um, I'm sorry, you say his name because I swear I'm going to screw it up. Pavel Dorofeyev. Thank you. Man, you're good at that stuff. I'm so bad at that stuff. It's not even funny. It's a little funny. <laughs> Uh, but overall, uh, you know, again, Vegas lately, like 11 and two with 50 goals, four and 36 against in the last month. Like this is some impressive hockey that they're playing. They, they look complete. They feel like they're a serious threat to hold. Not They currently have the number one in the West. I believe they're going to run away with it and they're going to hold on to it. I do think there's a sneaky Edmonton team somewhere behind them that you really can't uh, discount. Um, but in the end, I, I, I do kind of feel it's Vegas is to lose in terms of the number one overall uh, seed. So, you know, Vegas, the real friggin' deal, man. I and I and I love the direction of going, the timing of this direction too, where they will go into the playoffs, looking and feeling more like a complete team rather than the team that's going in just based on talent. We know they've got talent; it's on paper, but are they a good team? I think this is. I think this last month has really proven that they are not just a good team, but a great team that I would not want to face them in the first round. Well, I mean, and you know what, Marty, kind of. To hop on to what you're saying a little bit here, they're, they are kind of, there's a kind of a regel. They're, they're just tightening things up a little bit. And their structure game right now is phenomenal. And the reason why I say that is, uh, yeah. and I know you, you kept an eye on it too, Marty. I want to say it's not the last four games. I think it was the before the last game, there was a stretch of four straight games where they had four different goaltenders win each and every oh, game. Yeah. Again, you know, there's a little bit of luck to that to a certain extent, but what I want to what I want to point out is that the, either whatever word you want to use, their structure, their system, uh, however that team's playing. Listen, if you have four different goaltenders in four different games and you're able to win <laughs> all of those games, somewhere along the line, your team is playing well in front of that goaltender, whoever that is. So. Yeah. And then that's kind of where, where I'm hopping on what you're saying. I mean, there's that gelling. They're tightening up here as we're getting towards the playoffs. And that's exactly what you want. You want this team to be, yeah. you know, really tight, kind of, you know, boys all pulling in the same uh, direction. And they certainly seem like they're yeah. doing that. I mean, you rifled it off, Marty. 11 and 2 with 50 goals, uh, 4 and 36 Oof. against for the month of March. Like, dude, this team is playing some very good hockey. And, and here's the other thing. Uh, you know, Eichels and your stones and, and, you know, I know Pacioretty's not with the team, but you know how they went out and kept getting all of these stars, right? Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. they do have talent on that team. But I, I, I get I get the feeling that this, and you said it already too, Marty, that this is the, I think this is the tightest knit Vegas Golden Knights team that we have seen. And that includes their first year That's when they so. went to the cup. And, and, and I just want to throw yeah. out a few stats for you in regards to, how this is kind of a complete team, all right? These are the double-digit right. scores, scores, goal scoring. 
double digits on the Vegas Golden Knights. Eichel with 27, oh, yeah. Chandler with 13, Marcia So 24, Riley Smith 24, William Carson, Carlson 13, Mark Stone, yes, he's out for the year. He potted 17 in 43 games. Phil Kessel 13, Nick Roy on defense 13, William Carrier 16. Like, dude, we're talking about third liners here hitting 12 and yeah. 13 and 14 goals. Michael Amadio, 12 goals. Like, Paul yeah. Cotter, hello. Who the hell is Paul Cotter? 13 <laughs> goals. Like what I what I'm trying to get to here folks is who in the hell are you going to check? Yeah. When you're when yeah. you're sitting there in the first, second or third Everyone can put in the net. Who are you going to check? Because don't forget I named a few guys off of that roster that are defensemen folks. Okay? Like I haven't even I have So I from what I can count, 1 2 3 4 5 6 10. 7 Eight, nine, ten, eleven. So there's twelve currently with twelve or more double digits. But there's two with nine and eight, and those are both defensemen, by the way. So I believe at the end of this season, you're going to see uh, fourteen players with ten or more goals, and one, two, three of those being defensemen. Or no, sorry, two of those being defense. Oh, oh, you said Nick Roy was a defenseman. He's a center. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Sorry, my bad. Yeah, but still, right. two defensemen with 10 or more because you got Pietrangelo with 9 and Theodore with 8. They're going to get 10. And and Theodore lost a lot of games. He's only played 53. But again, 14 like who? players who can put the puck in the net, you need to... Every line that goes out there, you need a shutdown line as a, as a reaction from, a, from the visiting team. You can't just sleep and, on this team. And we know that not every team has that. Like, mm -mm, I mean, mm -mm. somewhere along the line, the wave that this Vegas Golden Knights team is going to come at these opposing teams in the playoffs with, yeah. it, it's it, it they're gonna they're gonna over bowl over them a little bit here because they're gonna be like exhausting I said, I mean, to play I, against. I, I, I I'm naming like I mean you know, and I'm just picking one player out of the bunch here, Michael Amadio. Yeah, 59 games played, 12 goals, 10 assists for 22 points. Don't get me wrong, 22 points in 59 games isn't. But but it doesn't matter. You just want that one guy that can That's put it. that one puck and in the net can. in the playoffs. Overtime, last minute of play in the third period. Hey, listen, these guys have got some goal scores on this team. And what they don't I, need when I look at something like this. Sorry, Mike, I don't mean to cut you off, but when I because I just looked no, at all, I'm looking right now at Mike uh, Mike Amadio. And this is his best season he's ever had in his short career, 288 games. He's got 22 points in 59 games. Again, nothing to be like, oh, wow. But what I'm getting at is you've got players playing their best hockey they've ever played. Because Why? Because they're being put in the situations to succeed, and they are actually succeeding. What does that do for a person internally? Imagine you're a player who your entire career, you've been, you know, one year, four goals, six goals, no goals. Then you come into a system that's working for you and you've got 12 goals. Man, you're excited. You're going to the playoffs and you're being relied on. Now you're like, I can't let this team down. You've got that extra jump, that extra step. And imagine having six other guys like that, plus an Eichel, a Stevenson, a Marcheseau, a Smith, a Carlson, a Pietangelo, a Teodaw, Barbashev even. Like... Like you've it got players who are excited to play and players who have got the talent and excited to play. This is a dangerous team. Like, I mean, you know, even a guy like Barbashev, and I'm not talking about goal scoring per se here, 10 points in 14 games. Like, the, I don't know, guys, this seems to me like yeah. kind of a really tight knit group here. It's not all about these, all these superstars. And I understand, you know, 
Uh, Knights fans will probably sit there and say, yeah, but we were a bunch of misfits in the first year, Mike. So what are you talking about? Yes, I get that, guys. But you got, again, we're going down to this third, kind of third and fourth liners here who are starting to produce for you yeah. in a goal-scoring manner. And the reason I say it that way is goals <laughs> win games, not assists, not this, not that. You put the puck yeah. in the net more than the other guy, you win the game. And right now, Marty, I mean, we, we, we've gone over it here two and three times over. That's a yeah. lot of double-digit goal scores for a hockey club. And, you know, with a couple of other players at eight and nine, God only knows, like you said, they, they could end up with 14 players with double-digit goals on this on this roster. And that is going to be a nightmare matchup in the playoffs big time. Don't forget Pavel Dorfev. He's got five and ten. So his pace would make this team have 15 or more. He might even be leading the team had he played the whole season the way he's playing right now. But you're looking at a guy who's playing at this pace leading into the playoffs? I'm not kidding, man. This team, this this structure, the way the way this team is being handled, Cassidy is doing some amazing things with this team. And this is one of the most dangerous teams out of the West that I know, again, they're number one and, and everyone's sort of aware of them. But I feel it's almost because Vegas has always been there. I feel like there's they're still under the radar to a degree. People are still expecting Colorado to be the, the favorite coming out of the West, even Edmonton as well, having more attention than Vegas. But with the addition of Quick, the experience he's going to bring in, the cups that he's won, he's going to be able to help Thompson. And as great as Thompson has played all season long, yes, I know he's injured, but they've got the affordability of time now because they've got quick playing so well. Like you said, they, they can go a week with, they'll put in four different goalies in a week. you got Aiden Hill who can carry the load. you got Laurent Brassois who's also done it himself as well. And then, like I said, Jonathan Quick. This team, they, they're in such a good spot This right is now, recipe man. for they're success. This is recipe spot. for a long cup run. Vegas fans, get, re get ready. You know, uh, Kraken Knights, here we go. Here we go. Everybody, Buckle up, man. Go listen to the Kraken Buckle Knights, up. man. Those guys yeah, are, 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 are going to give you more information than us. And they're, I guarantee you they're happy right now and deservingly so. Oh, oh man. Yeah. With one being a Seattle man, both fan and the other in. being oh, a Knights man. fan. Good, good times. Wait, good times, gonna, is there good times for the Kraken Knights, boy. I tell you that. Is that is that a thing? Could you oh, imagine? That's good. Oh, my God. We'd, I'd have to get on the show. I'd have oh, to. We'd that, have to watch a show together. We have to do a live. That'd be amazing. Oh yeah, yeah. No, no, no. We, 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 no. we wouldn't even. I'm on the show. Ask. Yeah. We wouldn't even ask. We just That's tell them it. we're on your next episode. End oh, of story. Yeah. Sorry. Make room, man. Make and room for the two black boys. Forty and twenty-five. Like they're they've fallen though. Like they're in seventh place. They were Dude, near I the know. top before, but that's more because I think there was game in hands, right? So Seattle's sort of bouncing out. But uh, I'll tell eighty-eight. Yeah. I was. I was just gonna say. You're talking about Seattle. We're talking about the Knights. I've got a team for you that's even more surprising than than a lot of them. In my per in my in my personal opinion. Okay, so let's rewind to about halfway through the year here. <laughs> it's story time. It's story time with Mike. <laughs> about halfway through the year here, I'm sitting there. The Los Angeles Kings have played about five or six games more than everybody else. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, well, you know what? They've they've got some they've got some man games. 
uh, that they've played more than other teams. I'm like, geez, you know, shoot. I think they're going to fall back yeah. in the fall. They're going to fall back in the pack when everybody catches up hammer, yammer, yammer, all this stuff, yeah. dude, out of, out of 72 games played, these guys have won 42 games, 20 losses, 10 in overtime for 94 points on the season. They have a 653 points percentage. <laughs> they're second in the Pacific. They are eight Oh and two in their last 10 games. Like, wow. honestly, guys, I got to be honest with you. I'm really, really surprised that the Kings have played this well for this long. With the whole Copley, Jonathan Quick to start the, like, I was just like, what is going on down there? <laughs> yeah. and, and, and here they are, rifling off, like, undefeated in the last 10. They have the fifth ranked power play at 24.6%. The penalty killing could use a little little bit of work, and actually, it's kind of funny to say that of an LA Kings team. They've already they've always been known kind of as a defensive stalwart. Well, things may be changing a little bit in LA. They're a little bit more kind of offensively gifted now. So, you know, twenty second ranked power, uh, penalty kill at seventy six percent. They are the eighth ranked offense in the league at three point four zero goals for. They're middle of the pack ranked defensively at 3.15 goals against per game. They're ranked 16th. Dude, if this team gets some home ice advantage, which they're sitting pretty right now, they are dominant at home. 24, 9, and 4 at the Staples. Is it the Staples Center? I don't even know if it's the Staples Center anymore. But either way, they are dominant at home. Look, I mean, it's a, it's a well-balanced club. A little bit shaky on the defensive end. However, at the deadline, they certainly took care of that problem. I mean, Christ, Corpus Allo in his yeah. last five games is four <laughs> is four oh and one. Unbelievable. He's got a one point seven seven goals against average and a nine twenty nine save percentage Unbelievable. since the trade. Unbelievable. So, you know, not a bad move by Blake. Not bad. Wah. And and at, and as for Gavrikov, the defenseman they got in that deal as well with Columbus. Oh. I mean, look, it, 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 he's not, he's not, uh, uh, nothing's coming off the page, but he has scored four points since the trade. He's a plus seven. Plus seven. That's all you can ask for there Jesus. in 10 games. So both Corfusalo and his goaltending and Gavrikov are helping out what was a weakness. And hopefully they can kind of tighten that up defensively. I mean, God, Fiala's 68 points, Kopitar's yeah. 66, Kempe, Kempe's got 50, 56 points. Hey, Kempe's got 34, 34 goals on the year, like, man. What the hell? Mm. So, like, things are going well. Arvidsson's got 50 points, Deneau's got 50, Doughty's got 47, Velarde's got 41 points, but he's got 23 goals as well. Yeah. And we, we just finished about Vegas and talking about their uh, double-digit goal scores. Allais in the same group. Yeah. A little bit less. But they have 10 uh, goal scorers that are in double digits. And that is Fiala, Kopitar, Kempe, Arvidsson, Dano, uh, Gabe Velarde, Alex uh, Ayafalo, and Blake Lazat as well, and Arthur Kaliev. So, again, naming all of these guys off for you because that's easily two solid lines, oh, if yeah. not dipping into the third. Yeah. So, again... You're starting to get into a bit of a matchup problem here. And don't forget everyone. And maybe this is me being biased because he was a former Hab. Oh. But when you have 
when you have Philip Deneau, come on, who is a defensive stalwart. Oh. This guy is going to shut down any any uh, major player wrong. on the you're other team. Wrong. And and he can score. Yeah. And he scores for it. He's got 50 points on the year. So he's, it's been a great trade for him yeah. to LA. He's definitely gotten more responsibility out there yeah. in an offensive manner. His defense is always going to be there. Yeah. But they've they've loosened the, the reins in regards to his offensive game. I'm not saying this is ever going to be a 100-point score. I don't know. But I don't – and I'm not sure he ever got really too, too close to 50 with the Habs. I'd have to double-check that. But either way, yeah. this is another team that's going to be a bit of a, a matchup nightmare for you. So I'll tell you what, like – have at it. Have at the Kings. Have at the Vegas Golden Knights. Good luck to everyone because these are two teams right now that I don't know. They're just they, they're really humming along nicely right now. Both of them playing extremely well at the most important time of the year. Not having any inconsistencies. I mean, Christ, 8-0-2 in their last 10 games. And I'm pretty sure uh, Vegas is pretty close too. I think they're 8-2 and two in their last 10. So you know what? Somewhere, like yeah. Vegas is... Vegas is right there too. Yep. These guys are getting the job done right now. And you know what? Like, it's not all about kind of who is picked to win the cup at the beginning of the, like your LA Kings, your Vegas Golden Knights right now, the two teams we decided to talk about this week are both hammering at home right now. Like they are really solidifying their position in regards to playoff hockey. And I just sort of add to that, uh, the fact that they've actually got, so this is one thing that the Vegas, so Vegas may have, let's say Vegas has more 12 or more goal scores on their team. Whereas LA has more 20 or more goal scores. They've got, they're going to end the season with six players with 20 or more goals on that team. That's incredibly dangerous. You can spread that 20 goals any which way you want. And that's, like you said, too, earlier, that's danger each and every, pretty much down to three lines. And your fourth line, whatever the hell you want to put out there, doesn't matter anymore because you got three lines with at least a 20-goal score on it. That's incredibly dangerous. And I really expected... Like, I honestly thought at some point the shoe was going to fall off the other foot because I, I really looked For at sure. this as being luck. Because, again, when we sort of we dove into L.A. a couple of times this year and none of it made any sense. Their goals per game was always high, but then it was always like their power play was actually not that great, although it's second now. Uh, their goals against it's still 17th and their penalty kill penalty kill. Is that 75.5% good for 22nd in the league? That will do some damage in the playoffs. However, what you need to remember is a big portion of that was on Quick. I know Quick went over to, to Vegas and has sort of rediscovered his form, but he's playing in front of a different system. Corpusalo, same concept. He went from a much worse team from Columbus and has come over to a slightly better defensive team in LA and is playing lights fucking out with his numbers, that penalty kill in a season. I guarantee you that penalty kill number and the goals against per game. They're not in 22nd and 17th. They're middle of the pack or higher because Corpus is a better goalie because he's younger and he can handle a little bit more than Quick can. Quick seeing less than Corpusalo is, but Corpusalo is younger, so he's reacting. He's reacting better to this team. Whereas in Columbus, obviously nobody's good in Columbus. That's just the way the, the way things go in Columbus. So I think I think 
if there's a Cinderella story, which is weird to say for a team that's currently sitting in third in the West, <laughs> but if there's a Cinderella story, I think Vegas is it. Uh, or not Vegas, sorry, uh, the Kings. The Kings are so, like, I would put good money on a sneaker pick like LA. I Would I be surprised if they won it all? Absolutely. Yeah, me too. But would I be, I'd be more surprised if they didn't actually have a longer run because I, I think at this point now there's no questioning it. This is a this is a really good team. This is a well coached team. They went out and they put they they picked out the exact pieces they needed, the little holes that they had. They really plugged those holes nicely. And this team is coming together really, really, really well. So I would be very careful playing against this Los Angeles Kings team. Oh, I mean, I could very well see this team winning two playoff rounds easily. I mean, if easily. you're, if you know, fa fast forward to you know beginning of round three, and if the Kings are still in it and in a, in a conference semifinal, Ooh, good luck. I, 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 I wouldn't. I, listen, are they going to get there? Uh, you know, a little bit depends on the path that they're going to, yeah. you know, that they're going to take to get there. Yeah. But but they're putting I, themselves I mean, in a good position. They're third. Well, they are. So they would be playing. They against, are. Oh, that would be tough, Dallas. Oof. Wow, could you imagine yeah, that? See, LA that's a, versus Dallas? Wow. There there are going to be some great teams going out wow. in the first round this year. You're right. I mean, particular, right. particularly in the East. I, I know the East is kind of the gauntlet, but I mean, hey, listen, we're going to lose some great, great teams, folks, in that first round of, uh, of the NHL uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. It just means it's going to sure. be exciting. That's all it means. It means it's gonna be, oh, man, a lot of game sevens. Is a lot ever? of game sevens. First round, I can see a lot of game sevens because imagine, you know, Vegas versus Winnipeg. Winnipeg's been doing it all season long. Uh, don't sleep on Winnipeg because uh, Hellebuck can go lights out on him. Vegas versus Winnipeg, that'd be dangerous. Seattle versus Minnesota. Now, that's the other thing, too, I want to mention. I know we're probably going to shift over here. We're probably a little break in a minute. One team I wish maybe in the next episode we'll do this. Minnesota. Minnesota already did them. You already what do you mean you did them? Oh, well, sorry. Yeah. Did them in episode did, yes. did them in episode two. But I didn't get my say. <laughs> That's what I mean. True. Very, very true. Yeah. And there is still a lot to say because there is. hey, listen, Kaprizov goes down and it's like the team starts playing fucking better. What the hell was that all like, about? Like honestly. <laughs> Dude, they are there. Th that's another team that seems to have this kind of whatever you want to say, regelling. Yeah. Or, you know, th think, think they're, you know, the team's playing really tight, playing yeah. really well. Matt, Matt Boldy's Matt going Boldy. off right now. Exactly. So. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. But anyway, uh, I'll, I'll okay. just say this. Sorry. Minnesota. No, Minnesota. Nine and four in March. No, I'm not going to say much. Nine and four in March. Eleven and four in last 15. 15 and five in their last 20. Don't go to sleep on Minnesota. They're hitting their stride oh at the my right. God, no. All three of these teams we just talked about, these are the three teams that are hitting their strides at the at the most opportune time, right before they head I, into the playoffs. And they're the top three in the Flurry's, Western Conference. And Flurry, what? And Flurry, well, Flurry, if I'm not mistaken, I think out of his last seven games, I think he's got six quality starts. Really? And if quality start, if I'm not mistaken, is something to the extent of like uh, uh, as long as the save percentage is above the league average. Okay. Um, anyway, he's having a really great run. He is uh, of late yep. too. So that's stabilized big time at the right. And time. I mean, you've all you and like I mentioned last week, you've got Philip Gustafson. And, yeah, yeah, man, Philip Gustafson there in case something you know goes awry that's with huge. Flurry or there's any kind of oh yeah, big time, big time. Yeah, for he's sure. 19 and nine with a 201 932. <laughs> Like he's put in the games. That's not a small sample size. He's oh, played yeah. thirty-four games. No, it's not. Two hundred one, nine thirty-two. He, he should be your starter. 
but I'm, I mentioned it last. I mentioned it last week. They yeah. they may have their goalie of the future. They oh, may have 100%. their goalie of the future in Ottawa. Ottawa got. That's one bad trade. Mm. We'll say it's one. But he, Dorian did what he felt he had to. Yeah, Dorian did what he felt he had to do in the moment. Um, but I think it was a big mistake. I think, I think it was kind of written. You could see it. You could tell he was. Gustafson was turning a corner. Wow. He was becoming that better goalie. I, I, so. I, I think I think they saw the potential to kind of move on from him, and yeah. I think they wanted to see what they had in this Mad Sogard and Kevin Mandelis on yeah, the farm. Yeah, it's so. not like they're empty. Well, that's right. Exactly. Exactly. What do you think, Bud? I think we'll do take you a need break. break there yeah, after. Break. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Not bad. Yep. Yep. Fair enough. A little break from our uh, from our sponsors, DraftKings. Biggest tournament in college basketball is underway, and the action is just getting started on DraftKings Sportsbook one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any pregame Moneyline bet and score $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Plus, combine multiple bets for a shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings will be featuring parlays and odds boosts all tournament long, so be sure to check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day to see what they have in store. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with code THPN. Right now, new customers can bet $5 on any pregame Moneyline bet and get $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Welcome back. Uh, nice we checking little, it? Are, are we ready at that point? It's been a while. I haven't checked in a while. I did. It's tanned now, too. It's tanned because it's Cuba. It's a Cuba fanny now. It's that. That's okay, not what we're talking about. Okay, fair enough. I get. I get you. <laughs> well, I, I. Well, listen. I don't want to. I don't want to personally check your your own fanny. Oh yes, you do. But I will check. <laughs> I will check our fanny Ooh. though. All right. Let's check the Ooh. fanny. Let's let's get into uh, it. All right. You so know what? I don't want to. After la- after. <laughs> I don't want to. I'm <laughs> okay, so, so upset. Okay, I'll go over it quick. <laughs> All right, going over it quickly then in that case. All right, so listen, after last week's games, and I have to preface everything by saying, this week, huge matchup, Mm. Royals, Apocalypse, two top teams in the league, two top scoring teams in the league, going head-to-head. This could very well be the week that... Decides it all. You know, well, yeah, I mean... To an extent. I I think, yeah, I think this is going to be a big week and it's going to have a lot to say in who wins it, but... Having said all of that, the Royals are sitting in first at 17 and 7 for 34 points. The Apocalypse as well have 34 points, but and Royals I need are to correct 17 myself and 6. From, 17 and 6, not 17 17 sorry, 17 and 6. Yeah. Um and I do have to correct myself. We've been saying for the longest time that the tiebreaker is points for it. It is not the case. Our first tiebreaker is wins, right. which is why the Royals are, lead the league. Next up would be points for if they are tied in the same amount of wins. So Royals, like you said, 17-6. Apocalypse are 16-5-2. Uh, and two. Uh, The Buccaneers are 15-7-1. Dragons following that up at 14-8-1. The Brigands slide one spot down at 13-8-2. And, and rounding out our bottom three, you've got the Cougars at 6-14-2. and two. The demons at fourteen and eight, and the pawn hogs at three and nineteen. So there is still a race for first overall uh, between the pawn hogs and the demons. We will see how all that plays out. All right. But again, to repeat, huge, huge week between the apocalypse yeah. and the royals. It will be interesting for all of us. To, I've been keeping an eye on it uh, already, and mm-hmm. you know, 
I wouldn't expect nothing less. It's seven to six going into tonight's games. So we'll see how everything uh, shapes up the rest of the way. Marty, how, how you feeling, man? Um, I've, I feel like I've been tricked again and it's by okay. nobody's fault, but my own. Um, I really rolled into right before I left to go to Cuba. I really rolled into thinking like, Jesus, I actually have a legitimate shot at this. And it just goes to show you how quickly things can turn because I was only away for two games and now there's no chance. And that's how quickly, that's how tight things were. Like you cannot afford to lose a week. You have to run the gauntlet the rest of the week. And what I'm not going to say that I don't want to point the finger to the one thing over another one thing I, but I'll, I'll say two things. First and foremost, my team, um, I, I, and I'm going to point one guy out right out is Brad Marchand, um, just completely fell off the face of the earth. Uh, and my, it was basically players that I considered to be my starters every week, which goes into my goalies as well. They let me down. Second thing I'm going to mention, um, which I think you're, you're, you know what I'm going to say. You know, you're very aware. I've talked about it before. And this is not a necessarily a poor me moment as much as it sounds very much like it is absolutely a poor me moment. The real reason why this went down the way it did for me is because let's see if I can word this so it doesn't sound entirely like poor me. Um, the schedule down the stretch for me, I had the hardest schedule down the stretch because so many teams did so well in the draft, getting the right pieces at the right time that they were able to stay as competitive as they are down the stretch. And that's, that's ultimately what did me in not real, not the schedule. Yes. If you, if you take face value, you look at the schedule, I absolutely had the harder schedule down the stretch, but it's not because of that. It's because teams like Scott's, who was not supposed to be in contention this year, very much in contention this year. A team like Joel, who every year does very well for himself, did very well for himself. So I need to expect that. And the concept of I've let go too many important draft picks uh, go to try and plug holes throughout the years really bit me in the ass this year. And I really need to change that too. And I say that every year and I never do, <laughs> but I think this year I actually did. I kind of recouped a lot of the picks that I've lost, uh, especially in this draft coming up. So I'm hoping to do something different, slightly different uh, coming into this year's draft. But yeah, that's, that's kind of, that's where I had a lot of time to think about this on the beach. I thought about it all. I, I my friend, <laughs> my initial feeling was like, God damn it, man. Like how come this is not fair and I stupid schedule. Like, and then I calmed down and, I had a couple of uh, whiskey sours and I realized, all right, this isn't, oh. this, I know that they were good. This isn't all oh, yeah. because of scheduling. This is because player uh, coaches, GMs, sorry, not coaches, but this is because the GMs did a very good job. We've got six teams that were, uh, or five teams that were in the thick of it, uh, you know, battling for first place overall deep into the season, two years in a row. That tells you that you need to, you need to do your homework. You need to be aware. This is a good league, um, and I, uh, I just, 
I put faith in a couple of older players, which this is the kind of thing that you should kind of expect. Like right now, Marshawn's out again. He's got a mystery injury. I, I don't know what's going on. I think Marshawn may be on the downward swing. Um, you know, Crosby, Malkin, not so much, even uh, Ovechkin. But these guys aren't a cross or these guys are not um, a McDavid, uh, um, a Kucherov, a Drysidel, uh, or mm-hmm. not even a, a Kachuk, a Matthew Kachuk out of uh, like imagine having both Kachuks and Stutzel, and I'm not saying anything else, and that's Scott's team right there. Like that's just three players. Like that in and of itself, it's not right. It's it's just <laughs> it, not right. There should be a rule against <laughs> it, <laughs> but there isn't because there's nothing wrong with yeah. just drafting right, and Scott's done a very good job of that. So. This is not about me having a bad schedule. This is about uh, GMs doing a really good job. And I was, I'm, I mean, I'm only three games behind. I'm still, you know, in a, in a, am I mathematically in it? It's the fact that we're running out of race. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I know what you mean. It, it's w- w- you and I, you and I are both out of it. There's only one, there's only three teams. I believe that, uh, yeah. that could win it all here. Um, the Royals, the Apocalypse, and I do believe the Buccaneers. Yeah. And you know what, Marty? Kind of to piggyback a little bit on, on what you were saying, you know, you just never know. I mean, here are the Buccaneers at the beginning of the year. I think they were sitting oh. something like two and four yeah. or whatever it was, and they make it and they make a big trade, or they were sitting at two and three or whatever the hell it was. Yeah. And they have just gone off. Oh. There's something like thirteen and four in the last like seventeen games or whatever. It, it, it's it's ridiculous. And you know what? You just never know in this league. It, does a little bit of luck come into play? Sure it does. You know, I think uh I think in regards to this whole uh, uh the Kachuk brothers and Stutzel for uh for the Royals, I think we're gonna institute a rule where you either have to go with both Kachuk brothers or Kachuk and Stutzel. You can't have all three. It's just not <laughs> happening. We're putting rules in against we're putting rules in against you, Scott. Yeah, and call so, it the Scott rule. I mean, but you know what? <laughs> I don't even care. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, this yeah, this will be the Scott rule. <laughs> you know what? It's just a case where, um, you know, again, luck does come into play yeah. a little bit in yeah. regards to you know, is is your player gonna have that? Like, I mean, look, Matthew Kachuk. Did anybody think that Not he like was this. gonna have the year that he's having? Again, again, again. Yeah. Like he did it last year, and we get it. He move. He makes the move to Florida. You know, he's away from a guy like Goudreau and Lindholm. Can he, can he, like, I mean, the guy's done it all on his own, Marty. This guy is ripping it up again. It just makes you think so, that maybe Kachuk was you know, carrying you Goudreau just in never the last know. season. And, 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 <laughs> well, you got, you got to start to one. And that's the thing. Like now, now you can sit back and kind of say, okay, where are our evaluations at now? Yeah. Like you can sit there while they're both in Calgary and say, oh, you know what? Kachuk's just getting fed like a baby. That's the whole deal there. Yeah. When when at, when at the end of the day, you can sit back now and say, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Yeah, I'm not so sure anymore. Was, was uh, Kachuk and his and his physical game opening things up more so that, again, we, we could go over a yeah. thousand different scenarios here, but you have to start asking yourself, gee, who was carrying who at this point yeah. now? So, yeah. I mean, and, and, and you know what? This is just, you know, we're getting off topic a little bit here, but at, at the end of the day, um, you know, you got three great teams here that are going to fight it out here. Yep. You got the Royals and the Buccaneers that are going to be fighting it out uh, tooth and nail for, for both the, the league championship as well as the division championship in the um, uh, the Gretzky division. So, you know what? Good times here for the CFHL. It's been two really, really solid years with a lot of teams in contention. Yeah. 
uh, over half the teams in the league in contention. That's great for our league. Um, you know, you got some rebuilding teams in the Cougars and the Demons. Yeah, it's exciting. Uh, the Pond Hogs are 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 full up of youngsters uh, up and coming. So you know, there's a wave coming up behind us, guys that are that are contending this year here. And you got to wonder when some of these teams start to knock us down. Yep, it's uh, gonna be a flip. You know, the top five right now. So yeah. I, I, again, lot lots going on in the CFHL right down to the nitty gritty here. I think this is like the fourth last week. I think we have three weeks after this, I think. No, we got two. No, I think this, no, I think. Oh, sorry. Three. This, three. Yeah. This is the yeah. third last week this week. And then we got two more. So. Oh no. So I'm three currently, in total, right? I'm currently in, in okay. we're currently so, in three. We've got three weeks left this week being one of them. So that's what, that's what's left. Um, yeah. Okay. But I so, so we're down to the nitty gritty here. Say, like the Bucks are one, still involved. I'm, I want to this. Oh fucking poor. I am gonna. You know what? Screw it. It's my violin moment. I poor me. So <laughs> leading into week twenty, okay, I beat the Royals. I beat them, and I went thirteen five and one. Then this is where it all started for me. So I got a bone to pick with Ryan. This is where it all started. I lost to Ryan forty five to thirty nine. I tied Joel. 54-54. It came back to time on the Sunday. Then yeah, man. I lose to you 69 to 59. It's not like I didn't show up. I had 59 points. It's not like I didn't show up. You just showed up twice as hard. Uh, but I still only lost to you to 10 points. And you've, I believe 69 is the most points in the year for CFHL. Uh, no, I, I think there was a seventy. I think there somebody was hit a 70, seventy, didn't they? Okay. Well, I, th- I thought your I thought your brother hit seventy. I'm not 100 percent sure. I'm gonna have to go back and look at that, man. If he did, I'd be surprised mm. because I really feel like up until that point, I think it was 67, and I do believe Joel had done it twice. But anyways, 59 to 69. I still I should have won that game. And then Bucks just handed to me 58 46. So that's a that's a legit loss. I'll take that one. But the other ones where I lost to you 59 69, tied the apocalypse, and lost to the Cougars. I right up to there, I was 13-5-1 after the Royals. I still haven't won a game since. So that it all it's all because of the Cougars. And I and I and I'm really I am really blaming Ryan for this. It's all on Ryan. So when I see Ryan next, I'm gonna I'm gonna I give him a Charlie horse. That's what's gonna happen. Well well, you know, here I am over the past couple of weeks talking about crushing dreams and you know, really giving it to folks here over over the last couple of weeks. Well, I'll tell you what, I think that the Cougars probably crushed my dreams and crushed your yeah. dreams like put an end to them this is what they do because i had a loss against ryan at the worst time as well i'm like you know this this hope should be a win was not so i i totally feel you yeah um but hey that's that's the best but part that, about our league i yeah. mean oh, is you're, any you're team... playing against ryan right now <laughs> yeah i know man yeah. seriously I, I was like oh you gotta be kidding me man like just i don't need this right now so you know what he he's had he's had a rough year, but you know the, he's he's in that kind of retool phase there where he brought in some youth, yeah, uh, and he still has some really good players. So it'll be interesting yeah. to see uh, protected lists, you know, over the summer and going into uh, next year. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's gonna it's gonna be a really really good uh, end to the season, that's for sure. And again, don't forget, uh, with, at with, the end of the season, we rejig the bottom two in both divisions. So there's a chance Madness of right now you're in there. Yeah, that exactly. I, 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 I was, yeah. I was, but now oh, you but are. Shit. So it'll be interesting to see it. And actually, I believe, because <laughs> again, because we love drama so much in this league, 
again this year, back to back years, you and I will probably play it out because we, you and I play against each other for the final week. We'll play it out to see who ends up getting shuffled down in the other league. Probably. <laughs> yeah, probably. Okay. Good stuff. I love Something it. Something to look love forward it. to. Two bring it, Bring it on, man. <laughs> Two Glag finale in, in a number of ways. In a number of ways. That's awesome. Yes, guy. Well, good. Hey, listen. I, I will say with uh, three weeks left to go, uh, I do believe we can... I think you and I are pretty much out here. Like there's yeah. just, there, there isn't a path. There, there is. isn't a path for either one of us in any way, shape or nope. form. So we're down, we're down here to the Royals apocalypse and the Buccaneers. Yeah. Good luck to everybody. Nope. You know, good luck to the, the big game. Well, yeah, not really good luck to anybody. <laughs> Couldn't care but at less. the same time. Good luck to everybody. Yeah. yeah it's true. Yeah. <laughs> no, we're, good hey, hockey. we're not up top. No, it doesn't matter. That's it doesn't right. matter <laughs> unless the brigands and dragons are up top. I but, want everyone so anyway, to tie every- the rest of the year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Tie, ties across the board. <laughs> but good luck to the three teams that still have an opportunity at winning the championship. Yes. We'll see what happens here over the last three weeks. Yep, it's going to be um, entertaining, so yeah. to say the least. We will now jump into your favorite segment, Beauties. my favorite segment, everyone's favorite segment, Beauties Beast. and the Beast. Love it. Oh, and you know what? Really- Start it off with that guy. Do it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Say his we name. We are going to start a. We are going to start it off with Pavel Dorofeyev. Dorof. Oh, that's oh, it's oh. so nice the way you say Dorofeyev. Oh, it is nice. It's nice. Yes, that's good. It's nice. He's six one. He's one ninety. <laughs> he's one ninety four. Twenty two years old. Ten games played. He's got five goals in those ten games. Two assists for seven points. He's a plus three, and he's only playing thirteen thirty a night. Oh, yeah. I, that, obviously, that would. That goes with uh, with a third line duty, but you know what? Like uh, Vegas picked him up in the third round in 2019, and I gotta say the guy's making the most of the injury situation out there. Yeah, I know that there's quite a few guys uh, in the Vegas lineup that are out with uh, you know uh, uh, bruises, cuts, and the whole nine yards and what's going on. So he's definitely taking advantage of that. Um, he's playing on on uh, the second. He's playing second line minutes. Um, with Vegas, and he's also on the second power play unit as well, which bodes well for a little bit of extra production, a little bit of extra ice time. Um, and, and you know what? I, with the way he played last year for the Henderson uh, Silver Knights, as opposed to this year, it was a little bit of a, kind of a, a weird call-up whenever they did call him up. Um, he, he isn't exactly ripping it up in the A this year. So, you know, obviously they saw something in the player, Maybe he just fits something that they wanted in regards to the type of player he is. But regardless, regardless of why they brought him up there, he is making the most of that opportunity. Um, and, and you know what? Like with that club and the fact that the prospect cupboard isn't exactly brimming uh, <laughs> uh, with players, it's great to see somebody come up from their farm system, you know, yeah, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say the guy's exactly ripping it up, but seven points in ten games. I mean, that's pretty. pretty Five darn goals in ten. For, that's uh, pretty good. I mean, it's not too bad at all. So, uh, you know, any, any kind of um, any kind of help that 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 Vegas can get from from their farm system certainly helps. I yeah. mean, they've put a lot into their uh, you know put a lot of money into their uh, their main roster. So if they can get some guys that can come out there and you know spell an injury or whatever the case is, just like uh, Dorofeyev is. Um, it's certainly welcome. That's for sure. Yep. So there you are, Pavel Dorofeyev. Keep an eye on him uh, moving forward. Uh, 
definitely going to want to see the situation over the course of the summertime. Does he, you know, does he have a spot to make the team or not? Uh, this may be somebody that you may want to bring in as a possible future star, uh, you know, just kind of an up and comer. He may be a great streaming option next year. So you never know. Um, but either way, uh, my first beauty this week, Dora Feyev. Second one. Now this guy, listen, I've got him on my fantasy team in the CFHL. It's been a roller coaster year for this player, a roller coaster year. And we are talking about JT Miller of the Vancouver Canucks. This guy has taken massive amounts of criticism this year. Yeah. And I will be the first guy to have my hand up and say it was all rightfully so. Calling out his uh, Colin Dahlia to get to the bench, waving him to the bench while he's behind the net, setting up the pl- like. Yeah. Listen, the, the, you, you need to mature a little bit, son, in the way that you're going to carry yourself on the ice if you're going to be a leader for this team. Yeah. And I will g- and and I will say I was all over him for all of that, but I will be the same guy that's going to be all over him when he has decided to turn his game around under Rick Tockett. I mean, look, you know, you got a 6'1", 218-pound player. He's 30 years old. In 71 games played, and I think that this is going to surprise you, Marty, 29 goals, 43 assists for 72 points. With the year this player has had, he's a point-per-game player? Yes, sir. It's definitely surprising. I will, take the, I, I will take that, and it is very surprising. He's a minus six, which in all reality, Marty, actually is good. not bad with the <laughs> with, with the way that team's played this year. Yeah. And he's averaging tw- 20 minutes and 40 seconds of time on ice per night. Listen, I'm not going to say too, too much about JT Miller. We all know the type of year he had last year, 99 points, just shy of the century mark. Came into this year. I kept him. I protected him. Was looking for a big year. We're certainly not going to hit those same totals this year. But I have to say... He, at the very least, has saved his bacon, and I'm not just letting him go. This will be a decision for me over the course of the summer, and his second half of the season has made it so. Like, this was a guy, if you would have talked to me two and a half months ago, he was being dropped. Yeah. I just, I, I can't handle that. Like you, you can't even be mature with your own team and your, you know, these are your boys, man. These are the guys that you're going 82 games with here. And you're kind of yelling at a goalie to hit the bench. You know, you're not even back checking fuck all. So, you know, lots was going wrong for this player and I will be all over him when things are going right. They made a big, big investment in this player. Yeah. And I'm sure that Vancouver Canucks management couldn't be happier with the way this guy's played over the past two months. I mean, again, point per game player after all the bullshit that that's gone on with this guy this year whether he's brought that on himself or not is irrelevant he's gone through a lot and for for him to still be a point per game player and again marty 29 goals he's one shy of the 30 goal mark yep like somewhere along the line this no somewhere along the line this guy you know decided to get his game in order. And and as far as I'm concerned, it has everything to do with Tockett. I mean, he's got 28 points in 23 games since Tockett took over. There and you go. And here's the other thing. And here's the other thing that, for me, like, I'm always trying to to, to find, like, you, you can go, everybody can go over the numbers. Everybody can read uh, all the ink that's spilled all, all over these guys. You can, that all that information's there. I like the little snippets that you have to kind of go and search for. 
And what I'm talking about here is Miller with the type of year he had. Do you, would you ever think that he would play on play on the penalty kill? Not oh. this fucking guy. No, but he but but he has been and he has been productive. Really, five goals, five goals and three assists while shorthanded this year. So that to me, wow, starts to starts to say okay. Miller, you're our, you're our highest paid player, basically, or one of. We've invested massively in you over the next eight years, to the tune of fifty six million or whatever, or it was eight million. I think I think it's I think it's eight times eight. Either way, they put a lot of money in this player, and the fact that he's been able to turn it around, he is leading by example. From what I can see, I'm not in the Vancouver market. Maybe there's something I'm missing, but from afar, <laughs> this guy's playing on the penalty kill now. He's being productive. You need this guy to take a leadership role with with what you decided last summer in signing him. Like, you know, I understand there was some trade talk about this guy, but I don't know how you're going to move that man. And if you're moving it, you're giving somebody something else to move it. Yeah. And I don't know if Vancouver's in that position right now. So No, they're better anyway, off to hold on to I won't. Uh, I won't go any further with Miller, but I got to give it to him. Yeah. You know, I'm certainly going to give him his kudos after he's turned this game around in the second half of for the sure. Year. Um, and now this guy, dude, I'm. I'm sorry. I am. I, I didn't see this coming. Saw none, none, none of this. No. And 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 I've got it written down here. The first thing I have written down under this this player is comeback player of the year, and it is not even close. We are talking about. The Dallas Stars, Jamie Ben, six foot two, two hundred and five pound forward, thirty three years old, seventy three games played, thirty one goals, forty assists for seventy one points. What? Dude, he he. That's not that's not even the the the, the cherry on top. This guy has got seventy one points in seventy three games, so we're almost a point per game. He's doing that in less than sixteen uh. minutes of ice time. Her night folks what? like i don't know how much more fucking value you want out of this guy but dude 71 points in 73 games with not even 16 minutes of ice time hello how is dropping like, his minutes beneficial to him in the points category I, I don't know but if i'm jim nil general manager of the dallas stars there is not one iota that i could ask of more from jamie ben he is your team captain he's giving you leadership elite level production he is mentoring the organization's young players i mean between ben pavelski Suter, and sege you've got all the veteran leadership that you need yeah. to pull from and that will insulate that those young guns those young guns being robertson hints heiskinen uh wyatt johnston and Ottinger, like, you know, here we are talking about the Kings and the Knights. Dude, this is another team that you can put in there. Very, very well balanced, very well coached in DeBar. Yeah. They've got all the pieces. Number one goalie, number one defenseman in Heiskinen, and you definitely have a number one line. Oh, yeah. And I'm sorry, but when we're talking about Jamie Benz, uh, Tyler Sagan's, some of these guys that you can put on that second line, like, you know, you start, 
you start seeing a team that can make a real deep run here. Yep. So although the East is kind of the gauntlet, and and I'll still stay with that. Mm-hmm. Boy, oh boy, you got some heavy hitters coming out in the West, boy. You got you got the Kings, you got Vegas, you I, got Dallas. Uh, you can throw Colorado back in there now. Oh god, like yeah. it there. It, it's, it's pretty top Hello. heavy out there in, in, in the West. So. Little guy uh, named Connor hey, McDavid. Ed, Edmonton is com- <laughs> Edmonton has completely, completely turned things around. Yes, too. they have. They are playing the most solid hockey. In the, years. The, the Oilers are playing the most solid hockey I've seen in quite some time. Yeah, Eklund, thank now, you Now, the much. only thing I have a worry about, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And the only thing I have a worry about with the Oilers, I mean, for me, Jack Campbell, that's a write-off this year. That, that You might as well just go into next year with that. Yeah. The only thing I'm worried about with Edmonton has to do with Skinner and the amount of hockey he's played. Yeah. And that's only because he's not used to playing that much hockey. But having said that, so far... So good. Yeah. I mean, you can't right. you can't sit there and say you cannot sit there and say that his play has dropped off. No, because not at it all. hasn't. No, no, it all. hasn't. So until it does, yeah, until it does, Skinner, go, have at it, my man. It's more about the give it injury. a go. He's got two injuries this year that have held him back. So you're right about that. But uh, yeah. Anyway, sorry. This is yeah about Jamie Ben. No, no, no. That's okay. No, you know what? And and to finish up here, my beast for the week and. You know, I've got him on my on my uh, fantasy team, so I've kind of been keeping a, uh, a pretty decent eye on him. But I got to tell you what, for any of you owners out there with Chris Letang in your lineups, he may just be costing you the title. Yeah, and he may be costing a lot of GMs their respective league titles because this guy has decided to go quiet at the exact wrong time. Now we don't have this in our particular uh, fantasy league, but a lot of fantasy leagues have playoffs, and that would be going on right now for those leagues. And I got to tell you, with no points in his last six games, uh, Latang is hurting you big time because six games basically equals to the last two weeks. And you know what? If you don't have the greatest of defense and you've been kind of leaning on Latang, <laughs> and, and before this little drought, he had 14 points in 17 games prior. So he was kind of humming along quite nicely here yeah. after having some injury issues. And I think he had a second stroke this year. Uh, so yeah. long story short, I mean, Latang was kind of getting it done for you, but he has gone, decided to go quiet at, at, at the worst the time worst of the year. Time, yeah. So, so you, you know what, if, if, if you're still able to manage to, to stay in it here and you're still in your uh, league playoffs, you are definitely going to want to be either switching him out for somebody you already have in your lineup. Or if you have daily fantasy in that, you're definitely going to want to be looking for somebody on the waiver wire r- rather than Chris Letang. He's just not getting it done for you right now at all. Badu-tou. And there you have it. Yeah. No, not at all. Sit him and down. there is my beast for the week. Okay. Well, Marty. Uh, yes. It's, it's been two weeks, my friend. Who? You've had two weeks, two weeks to get this ready. Wow. That's because that's what I was so, doing on the beach. I was definitely taking notes yes. about hockey. Yes. I I know that. I know that. Your wife may not have liked it, but I know no, what you were didn't. doing. Not even a little bit. No. Um, all right. Well, we're going to start off with uh, Jonas Corpusalo. Oh, uh, in his last three nice. games, he's got two wins, five goals against, one overtime loss. And as we mentioned earlier in the show, he's uh, quite frankly, he's a beauty of a beast. Yeah. 
see what I did there? Oh, All nice right. Nice. Since joining the Kings and at this point. So between him and Copley, I honestly would place, like I said before, I would place a lot of money on the Kings being the sleeper pick to run to the cup this year. Um, yeah. But if we sort of look at it, take a step back and take a closer look. 177 goals against, 929 save percentage in five games since joining uh, LA. What was he doing before, though? 317 goals against, but a 913 save percentage. In Columbus. Over, oh, in Columbus, exactly. Overall, he's got a 904 in Columbus. Basically, his numbers are just in Columbus. He's got a 904 save percentage of 303 goals against. These are numbers for a goalie who was basically begging to be traded. <laughs> I am a good goalie on a very bad team. Please help me. That's essentially what these numbers scream. And quite frankly, it's exactly what's happening. He is now, instead of being relied upon to win every single game because that's all they had in Columbus was a goalie to win in the game. And every once in a while, you'd get a player who could score an extra goal and you would get that win. Um, he still somehow managed in his career a, a winning record. 91 wins, 78 losses on a horrible Columbus team. I And listen, Columbus fans, I if you're listening, I'm sorry, but these are just facts. I'm just reading off numbers that make sense. Um, he did have a season where he had 19 wins, 12 losses, 9-11 save percentage, 260 goals against. Like this guy is always has always been a a very good goalie. Just needed to be on a much better team, a team that was gonna do something, go somewhere. And now that he's finally found that, four wins, one overtime loss, nine goals against, nine in five games, 177 as I said, 127 saves. Um, or shots against, sorry, for 118 saves with a 929 save percentage. He could win a Vesna in LA the way the way he's going off here. Imagine him with a full season in LA. How dangerous is LA going to be next year now? Like oh, very, man. very dangerous. You've I mean, you've got some young players that continue to develop in that system. Mm-hmm. I mean, Kempe, uh, Arthur Kaliev. You've got guys here that as the years can continue to go on here. Just going to keep keep solidifying themselves in the lineup, moving up that lineup. And, you know, again, I know that they're, you know, on the back nine of their careers here, but you still have Doughty on the back end. You still got Kopitar. These guys have been around for the cops. They know how to win. They've been, you couldn't have said it better myself. They've done it before. You can can pull from that experience if you're one of those younger players. So... Again, great. They're in a great spot, super well balanced. And and like we mentioned at the top of the show, they really kind of took care of their deficiencies at the deadline by acquiring Gabrikov and Corpusalo. They weren't I mean, they weren't horrible defensively, but they could certainly use a nice little kick in the pants. Yeah. They went out and got that and look what it's doing for them. So I believe Tom McClendon's gonna get at the very least a nomination for coach of the year with oh, yeah. with LA. Um it's pretty he impressive. Should. He, he very should. He, he should. There's not much more you can do as a coach <laughs> than take a team that still somehow manages to stay at the bottom tier for all the defensive categories, but at the very top tier for all the offensive categories, and gives you a third seed in the Western Conference. That's a goal. That's a coach's team right there. That's a team that is, man, being very, very well coached. So, but obviously uh, now at this point, having uh, a goalie like a Corpusalo. I again, I'd be terrified to face him in the first round. I I would almost be assured that I'd be I'm going to be super dead. super sleeper pick. Yeah. Like you said, super sleeper pick for sure. Absolutely. 
next up, Mr. Tyson Berry. Can we name him the Renaissance man? Because I think this is exactly what he's done this year. He was actually doing quite well in Edmonton this year. He had 10 goals, 33 assists in 61 games. A lot of people felt that the trade for Eklom with Barry going the other way was a bit of a hefty price to pay. I don't think so. I think in the end, it's, it was the right price to pay. And it made a lot of sense. Cash in on Barry because, as we know, Barry... Rather a, a streaky player uh, ever since he left Colorado. He was pretty consistent in Colorado. And ever since he left there, he's been up and down all over the place with every team that he's played. He's had one good season and then a, re- a couple of really bad seasons. But he has continued this great season so far this year in Nashville. He's got three goals, six assists, and 14 games. So it's probably too early to say this, but his fit in Nashville seems legit. But for now, at the very least, from a fantasy from a fantasy's perspective, write it out. Even if this is just an outlier season for him, it doesn't matter. Write out the rest of the season with him because he's doing very well in that system. So go ahead. From a fantasy perspective, do it. And, and you know what? You got to give it to Barry. You got to give him his kudos. I mean, he goes from Edmonton. And, and you know what? I'm pretty sure he knew he was going to the playoffs, that they could probably do a little bit of damage. Now he goes to Nashville. Yeah. You know, he could have went down to Nashville and and not scored, you know, in yep. powdered in all the all in every game exactly. And he's gone down there and he's been productive. So yep. you know what? Shown his worth. I I'll give him I'll exactly. I'll give him his kudos for that. I mean, it's it was it could have been quite easy to kind of pack it in a little bit, yep. knowing Nashville is kind of on the outs here and yeah. You know, it doesn't look like they're going to make it in. So uh, good on them. Good for Barry. And uh, yeah, I totally agree with you. There's no way I wouldn't. I'd make that deal again in a second. Oh, heartbeat. Herpy, absolutely. Absolutely. Tom Tom Holland. I keep calling him Tom Holland, man. He's Spider-Man. Ken Holland did finally did the right thing and and actually pushed his chips in. So good for him. Uh, next up, Mr. Vince Dunn continues to lead his team in what points, a, continues to be one of the God. most consistent defensemen in the league for fantasy value, continues to be another player I really wish I had held on to uh, on this season. He's up to 13 goals and 48 assists in 73 games. Of late, he's up to 21 points in his last 16 games. Had it not been for a game last Tuesday against Dallas, he would be on a 16-game point streak. Otherwise, whatever. Fucking dress the guy. <laughs> what are you doing? Is he not dressed? Why? Why is he not dressed? And certainly, don't trade him. Don't be what I. Don't do what I did. He is absolutely the real deal over there in Seattle. Perfect fit for him. Young. Um, I would. Ex- I would expect nothing less from him next season. Um, good for Dunn. Good for the apocalypse because I traded it to him. But whatever. Uh, yeah, dress him. Forget it. Just to give everyone an idea of how great a year. Vince Dunn is having. So if you take Eric Carlson out of the equation, who's got 90 points and leads all defensemen by 21 points, by the way, the next up is Quinn Hughes at 69. And that's where I want to go here. So Quinn Hughes is sitting at 69 points. Vince Dunn, folks, 61. He is eight. Okay. On, on, on any other given year, let's take Carlson out of the equation. Yeah. So your, so your leader, is at 69 points for defenseman scoring. Dunn is at 61. So he has this year brought himself to the forefront of fantasy hockey. Like this is someone that a lot of general managers are going to be keeping an eye on. Yes, it's a breakout. Can he continue next year? We're going to find out. There's going to be a GM that's going to take a gamble on him. Yep. 
Ga- well, I don't even know if you could say gamble because well, again, that's true. His his production has been very nice and steady all yeah, year. Yeah. So again, giving kudos where it, where it's deserved, and Vince Dunn has come to play this year and has certainly uh, put himself. I mean, the guy's top ten. Yeah, he's top ten. He's top ten in D scoring. That's with Carlson involved. Yeah, so he's yeah. a top ten defenseman. Sco- I mean, I I don't I don't know what more you want out out of a guy like that. And I mean, you know, Joel in the apocalypse. What what a pickup! What a pickup! I mean, I know it came, you know, it came at a cost to you. But again, with some of the players that he already had in his lineup, McCarr yeah. and and Ham and Hamilton, yeah. now he adds another one. He's got three defensemen in the top ten scoring. Yeah, so. And we know with our scoring system, that can do damage. A lot of damage. A lot. Yeah. yeah. And he's only 26. So I do feel like Lots he's sort of... In his prime. He's in his fa- prime. Exactly. Yeah. He's sort of found his own now. I mean, maybe a little bit of the credit goes towards Haxel as well. Um, but at the end of the day, the player prov- proved his worth uh, and has just basically led this team by example. So... Kudos to Vince Dunn, man. You've done it all year long. Very, very consistent all year long throughout. Like I said, like 21 points his last 16 games. Had it not been for that one game against Dallas, he'd be on that 16-game point streak. That's absurd. It's absurd for a defenseman to go on a 16-game. It's absurd for a, a player to go on a 16-game point streak. But how come no one's really talking about the fact that Vince Dunn just went on a basically a 16-game point streak ending with 21 points? How come nobody's really talking about that? Like, come on. That's amazing. Hey. Hence the reason he's in the beauties. Mm. He does. He deserves it and has played extremely well this year. And you know who doesn't deserve to be in the beauties? That's why he's in my beast, Mr. Seth Jarvis. Mm. Yeah. Listen, young kid. Let me just preface this by saying young kid. Um, lots of talent. Lots of time for him to figure it out. Uh, this is a good team. Uh, Rob Brindamore is a very good coach. He will sort this out. But... Quite frankly, Seth Jarvis is one player I'm happy I traded this season. For someone that sees an awful lot of time in the top six, and I, by top six, I even want to say top three. He spends a lot of time on that top line, uh, both even strength and power play. Uh, putting up 13 goals and 20 assists in 72 games just isn't going to cut it. That's not good enough for anybody. Um, obviously Carolina still a very good team, very much in contention. One of the stronger teams definitely coming out of the East. I wouldn't say it's because of Jarvis. Now, again, young, lots of room still could be that kind of player. Absolutely. But you know, he's 21 years old, by the way. Um, but for the year for now, sit him. It's, this isn't the year. This isn't a breakout year. He had. A tremendous year last year, which I believe he had, uh, I want to say, I thought I wrote it down, but I guess not. He had something like 60 points last year, or maybe maybe a little bit less than that. Um, he's not going to be able to match this sure. year. He might be able to tie it this year, but he's not going to match it this year. Or sorry, he's not going to surpass it this year. Um, and he's going to do it in more games. So that's, that, that's, not, that's not great. But... It's the sophomore jinx, sometimes they call it. Um, you know, his second year, whatever it is, what it is. Again, young and all, but it's just for this year, if you're in contention and you've got him, I would suggest not dressing him. No, sorry. His his career year, or his career, sorry, last year was 40 points in 68 games. He currently has 33 in 72. So, yeah, I, I don't see him eclipsing the 40-point mark this year. If you want to protect him, if you've got a, a league where you need to protect some players, there are worse picks out there for sure. 
But I don't think anyone's going to jump the gun, use an early pick to pick a, a Seth Jarvis. So I think you'd be fine to even drop him if you had to, to protect somebody else. Seth Jarvis just did not back up his first season with any anything big. So, it, you know, again, time to cut ties, especially if you're in a contention. I mean, as for Jarvis, look, he, he's seen time on that top line beside uh, the one they call Seabass, Sebastian Ajo. Seabass, um, that's nice. <laughs> and, uh, and, and, you know, it, ju- it just hasn't worked out. He's currently on the second line, and he's on a second power play unit as well. Um, you, you know, and, and at the end of the day, with the year that he had last year, right, I mean, it kind of caught people off guard. So I'm not saying that teams are, like, game planning 100% against Seth Jarvis. However, whereas last year, you know, maybe he wasn't so much of a, a topic, whereas True. teams this year kind of see you know they, they saw the year he had last year and kind of kept a better eye on him so he's yeah. had to fight through a little bit more maybe this year and hence the reason uh you know the drop in production but as you said right off the top marty i mean he's 21 years old right so lots of time yep. but but i would agree with you though with a, with the time that he's seen in the top six it's been a bit of a letdown production wise. Yeah. I think the team I think the team is still happy with the player, obviously, with where he's at at his age. Yeah. But I mean, if we're calling a spade a spade, I'm sure they would have liked to see a little bit more production, especially after what they saw last year. But you know what? Second year, sophomore slump, like twenty one years old. You know, a, a little bit more, you know, <laughs> uh um uh defensively come you know, other teams are kind of accounting for you in a defensive manner so to speak yeah. but li- but listen i mean it, it is what it is he's uh you know he, he's got he's surrounded by a hell of a lot of good players so he's in a good spot himself um but yeah definitely uh definitely not getting it done right now that's for sure yeah so if you're looking to win a championship i don't think seth jarvis is gonna be that player for you <laughs> no you want to get rid of latang and get rid of jarvis there you go yeah. kick him to the, kick him to the curve, curve yeah all right. How did that, that feel, bud? Thanks to everyone out there for listening. If you are interested in reaching out to us, you can email us at two guys, a league, and some guests at gmail.com. You can find our latest episodes on our website at twogalag.com. Or you can follow us on Twitter for all of our info. Our handle is at Tugalag. That's the number two, followed by G-A-L-A-G. Thanks for listening, and until next time.